welcome back to the twisted builds podcast uh it's been a bit um mainly because of me because i've been trying to find podcast software that doesn't sound like we're talking through a wall at each other so hopefully this works um we are back with kevin today hi kevin hey what's up not much. I'm glad to get this going. I want to get, I would like to get into the weekly or bi-weekly on this. It's just, I've been putting it off because you know how podcasts are supposed to sound good. And yeah, what yeah. I had nobody wants to was, do one if it sounds like poop. So yes. And it was one of those things where we tried zoom Our last one that we tried, we actually recorded. I never uploaded was with, um, oh yeah. Uh, discord. And it sounded like garbage. I just, I couldn't get over it. There, no amount of editing that I could do would make it sound right. So we're giving this new software a go and we're going to go from there. So thank you everyone for listening and uh, being subscribed. If you're not, please subscribe to Twisted Bills podcast. We're going to start this back up. I also want to get some other guests going. This is some pretty verse software. So we will try to get it going. So, all right. Let's get into it. So, uh, Kevin, you had the subject of, uh, or I've seen, uh, you've sent me photos of your new shop building. Yes, it's it's my, well, what the photos that I've sent to you is just a shed so far yes. that I had moved, moved out to the land. My shop, uh, uh, I'm, I got the blueprints for my house a few days ago because I'm building okay. my own house out there. Uh, and then the very next thing i get is going to be blueprints for a shop and i might not even get blueprints for one i might just do like a pole, pole barn style okay uh, and then have it set on concrete piers and then do like a floating slab later uh, so what kind of what kind of size you're looking at um well the one i'm i'm moving out of right now i think it's the 40 40 by 60 i think is what it is i don't know it's a fairly okay. large shop and so far i've been trying to fit everything into uh, a 10 by 16 shed, a 10 by 17, one of those fabric sheds, and then okay. the back of my school bus that I own. So fitting everything that came out of like oh a 40 word. by 60 shop into those three things is, is kind of constricting. Uh, interesting. And, and I, yeah, <laughs> I've, I've had to get rid of a lot of stuff and, and play a lot of uh, Tetris. The, the only things that I do not have room for right now which if I get rid of some more stuff or stick some like some other stuff outside is, is my engine dyno and my lathe. And those okay. are the two biggest things that I want in the shed. I don't want them in like one of those portable garages that I have with all my other stuff. Like I have my motorcycle in the portable garage. I have uh, uh, a whole bunch of other crap in the portable garage and I don't care if, if it gets weathered or I just don't want it in the direct rain or the direct sun. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, but but my lathe, I'm not sticking out there. My engine dyno sat outside for like two years before I picked it up. So I, I don't want it. To, I mean, the powder coat's already peeling off the legs. I don't want it any more weather than what it already is. Yeah. Yep. Don't blame me there one bit. That's awesome, though. So you didn't go over size, though. What was your ideas for size? Uh, is to probably stick around the 40 by 60. Uh, okay. And I, I don't know. I might do. Yeah, if if I can get away with like a thirty, do maybe like a thirty by sixty or like a thirty by eighty. I have, I mean, five acres. Uh, I just yeah. have to get rid of the trees or, or figure out where to put it. I mean, the an acre and a half 
right as you come off the street is all cleared out. And it's just a, okay. maybe just a slight slope over the acre and a half. It maybe drops down, I'll say five, maybe six feet. So, I mean, it's fairly flat and fairly easy to level up for a shop. It's just I got all the woods behind that that I'd like to put a shop behind uh, so that okay. anybody driving by isn't really inclined to just come take a peek. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I would love, I would love to live in the middle of the woods. That's that, that's going to be something. My, my house, like I I mentioned, I got my blueprints a few days ago. The house I got is like a, just a little small little cabin house, 12 foot wraparound porch, just 360 Mm. degrees around the house. It's awesome. I'll send you some pictures. Actually, you know what? While we're on the podcast here, I'm going to send you some pictures just so you can see it. Okay. That would be awesome. That, that sounds like fun. That sounds like a good time. My my parents, where they are now, they're out in the middle of the woods. Um, they they have a tiny, tiny little cabin they live in. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it's very, very, very nice being like, literally away from traffic and everything. It's like you're mm-hmm. really, really out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, for, for those of you that can't see it, uh, that aren't me and him, I mean, it's a little 24 by 24 cabin. Just, I mean, it's just a simple roof, uh, two overhangs on one on either side and a 360 wrapper on porch. And and the beauty about it is because it's going to be on a pure foundation. uh, I can extend out one of the walls. So instead of a 24 by 24, I make it a 24 Mm -hmm. by 36 with a three quarter wraparound porch or, or some other stuff like that. So there's room to, to, to grow later on. I mean, if it's, it's just me and my, my, 10 year old son and my eight year old son right now and our dog. So we don't really need 2000 square feet, 3000 square feet. Gotcha. That's, that's still gonna be cool. That's gonna be awesome. Uh, so acquiring vehicles. Saw that yeah. was on our list of things we talked about. Acquiring vehicles. So, I think, I've, I think I've seen, the, I think I've seen the one. Yeah. <laughs> oh my so, word. so I, I, I have a buddy that I've been doing work for his family for, I don't know, a few years and me and his dad had a falling out. Uh, and then I still do work for all of his sons and they call me okay. with questions. I help them. I've done, I don't know how many LS swaps in their, their Chevy pickups and stuff like that. Well, he, he calls me up one day, apparently through, he, he's a, he's a deal guy. So okay. whatever deal that he can make, I mean, he can find a gym and pay $40 for it on on yeah. facebook marketplace and ended up getting a full running driving vehicle with a green title for like 40 50 bucks i don't know how he does this stuff but he does well he ended up calling me up the other day and he's like hey i got this bmw uh the guy used it as a, as a parts car for his other bmw he's like i'm hard on money i'll let it go really cheap i was like well how how cheap is really cheap he's like well 500 dollars. i was like well i don't got like 500 in my wallet right now but i got 200 on me i'll just give you the cash i'll pay you out next month when the first comes around i get paid he's like sure 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 so he does that and i ended up with a uh an o2 bmw 330ix so okay. uh that, that little six cylinder is going out of there and i'm gonna that i've been looking LS. at all the ls swap kits and you can get the motor mount swap kits for like 250 300 depending on what brand you go through but I mean, I, I do so much work with this guy. I've got some bourbons off him and I got an old C10 dually and I, I, I don't know how many vehicles I got off him, but it turns out I didn't even ended up paying the other 300 to him. 
his girlfriend needed an axle seal on her Cadillac. He's like, hey, if you do the axle seal on the Cadillac, I'll just give you the title and you can have the rest of it. I was like, oh, heck yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even look for these vehicles, but by proxy, just being friends with him, I end up with all these different cars. And like, I don't have awesome. room for all because I have, uh, between him and his brother, I have three Suburbans right now from them. And then now <laughs> I have a BMW. I have a GMC Acadia. I got my school bus. I got my Dodge Ram. I have my Camaro. Oh, my I, like, I, I don't need any more cars. I, like, I, I need a massive shop that I'm going to have to build out there just to store the stuff. House all the vehicles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my word. And so, if you want one of the Suburbans, let me know. I'll just give one to you, seriously. <laughs> and they're missing front clips. I got a blue one with a title and a white oh, one with nothing. I'll, I'll just give it to you. <laughs> That's crazy. That's insane. Oh, my word. To have that kind of problem. I've got... I've got just a couple. I mean, you've seen everything I've got, just an S10 and whatnot, but that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. The Beamer, though, I believe you said you're going to – we're going to be building a drift car out of that thing. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to. I mean, unfortunately, it wasn't automatic, so I don't know how yeah, well I can get can into, like, just some paddle slip. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't <laughs> uh, I don't want to do too much. Maybe just some find some sort of, like, bolt-in clutch kit okay. or a like, universal bolt-in clutch kit or whatever, but – uh, if not, then I'll probably just stick an automatic in it and some aftermarket paddle shifter thing and just make it fun. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's a four door. It's not, it's not, it's not a coupe or anything. It's, yeah. it's the four door. So That's that just awesome. means it's longer and you can swing it around a corner easier, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> More stable, longer yeah. wheelbase. <laughs> oh my, that's awesome. Oh, geez. So we've got. Just going through my uh, my build, I, I might as well go over the S10 build. I, I haven't talked to you about yeah, that in a, yeah, while. a while. Yeah. So the uh, a lot of it's been front suspension design. So I am currently uh, got. I think I've sent you photos of me working on Infusion 360. Yeah, so I've, I've seen I've all com- seen all those. Yeah. Yeah. So I've I've completely stumbled upon 3D scanning on the cheap. I'm actually already looking at upgrading my 3D scanning stuff. So uh, I had a buddy. This all started because one of my buddies, Mike Novak, he's in the area, needed a part for his, uh, I think it was a 2004 Chevy 2500 Classic, uh, an HVAC door actuator that they don't make anymore. Um, GM okay. completely discontinued the part, and he, need, he needed one. So he's like, he reached out to me. He's like, hey. Um, do you have, you know, do you have access to any of these trucks? Could you, you know, find one 3d print one? Well, I have one of those. I have an Oh four Silverado 2500. Uh, that is kind, kind of a long story, but anyway, so I've got the truck it's in pieces right now and it had that blend door actuator motor, uh, driver that he needed the plastic driver. So I ended up pulling that out and long story short, I went into like, I wanted to 3D scan it, found out the 3D scanning stuff I had wasn't going to work. So I actually ended up 2D scanning it. Anyway, I got him a couple of them made. But in doing that, I stumbled upon the Xbox 360 Connect using it as a 3D scanner and um, got one off eBay for like a whopping 20 bucks and got the software and started scanning the S10. Now the S10, like I have a couple different scans of it in Fusion 360, and I've designed my entire front suspension off of the scans. 
I 3D printed um, some of the brackets I made for coming off the frame and checked them in reality versus like the scan that mm-hmm. I had versus reality versus the truck. And we were talking like a 70,000 margin on a lot of this stuff. It's not really, bad. Really not bad. I, I, I did notice that some of the, some of the scans that you sent, they were all, I think what are they an STL? Everything's like a triangle. Well, it's all it's all triangles. Um, there's four different ways you could save it. STL is one of them. I use OBJ files because that's one of the outputs it has. I like the 3MF version better because it saves like dimension and everything with it. But the okay, scan okay. software I have that will work with the Xbox 360 Connect won't output in that format. But it will output in like STL and OBJ and PLY and WRL. I think it's the four it'll do. So I'll, I import them in the Fusion over the OBJ format and work off them from there and yes you're right there are a whole bunch they're pretty much all triangles so it's all yeah. vertices i think all, call yeah them. but interconnected you, stretched and peaked and yep all that stuff yes yes but if you go in there and you uh pretty much like make construction planes in fusion 360 and then cut the um cut the model where you're uh doing a sketch it will literally like those triangles pretty much go away and it's like nice straight lines and you can just design. Oh, okay. Okay. Go from there. So, um, but yeah, so it's a cheap entry of scanning. Um, the whole system cost me like a, a whopping $160. Most of it was software. So the software okay, was like okay. one, one forty, and then the, the hardware was 20 bucks. I'm I, I remember that. back when the connect first came out, what was this? 2010, 2011. Was that, I don't know, it was, I think it was 2000, I don't know, around that time. But I remember when the, when the Kinect first came out on the 360, I ended up hooking it up. I had this old Windows laptop running, I don't know, it was like a trial software Windows. It wasn't even like a, it wasn't powerful enough to run like a full version. But I found some software, that Kinect is awesome, because I was able to use like hand gestures to control the cursor yes. on my laptop. And so there's a lot yes. you can do with that stuff, especially now with, with, I mean, there's millions of hundreds of millions of, I don't know how many made you can just get them super cheap. Yes. Yep. And uh, like these ones, the software would only work with the 360 connect. So that's what I got. The software is more powerful than what you could use like the Xbox one or the windows connect with. So that's why I went that route and I actually had to cut it and modify the cable and everything to make it work. You can buy adapters <laughs> for like a whopping $15, but I wasn't going to spend $15 yeah. so I could just do it myself. But but yeah, so I've actually been looking. There is a, a newer scanner, which it's definitely more pricey, but I think I'm going to pick one up soon. Um, it's called RevoPoint. So, RevoPoint. Uh, Let me look it, that up. RevoPoint. <coughs> R-E-V-O-P-O-I-N-T, I believe. It's like oh, that's affordable. Scanner. The one, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty affordable. That's a paycheck or two saved up, and then you can get that. I was looking at some after you, you first messaged me about it. I was doing some Googling. I was like, man, eight, 10, 12, $20,000 for these three. Yeah, not happening. <laughs> not happening. But I've been looking at, like, I have a couple local businesses that want me to do some 3D scanning for them. And the Connect is good and whatnot, but there's still quite a bit of a tolerance there. And those mm. Revo points are like 0.1 millimeter tolerance. And I've seen some of those scans because I've had some people send me like, hey, you need to check this out if you're in the budget. Like it's it's uh-huh. more than your $160 scanner, obviously, but it's not 
like laser scanner pricing, which is absolutely yeah. completely point, point out of my one budget. millimeters to to, yes. to those who uh, do not speak metric system. That's about uh, a little less than four thousandths of an inch. So you yeah, think of so, like a human hair is normally around the three thousandths, four three thousandths. So. Yes. Yeah. So it'd be about the thickness of that, which is good. I mean, so like right now, as I said, my tolerance right now is seventy thousandths, which when you're talking about angles, that stacks up. So oh, that's true, true. Kind of, and that's what I've seen like with mine. So like, yeah, you're measuring an like an angled frame. But if you're mm -hmm. 70 thousandths off on your measurement, now you take that measurement and extend that out. And it's going to be pretty far off whenever you're mm -hmm. doing brackets and whatnot. So, oh, yeah, it's I think it's something I'm probably going to pull the trigger on pretty directly, mm -hmm. probably in a month or so. I'm guessing what what, um, what kind of stuff would the are the companies like? Is it modeling or the, the, so the local company I've been talking to, um, they are into building uh, Jeep products. And if they're listening to this, podcast, oh, okay. they know who, they're, who I'm talking about. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, they are apparently some of the new, very, very new Jeeps. Um, the they're a part of a program where they can get CAD designs from the manufacturers. However, the newer stuff isn't being like shared or whatever with, with these people. I don't know exactly how all it works. He just approached mm -hmm. me after he saw my S cause I've been posting on Facebook and Instagram about my S 10 stuff. And he's like, mm -hmm. yeah, so could we 3d scan some of the, the newer Jeeps and stuff? So I have pickup points to design products off of and his, mm -hmm. I think he uses solid works or fusion or whatever. So, and I've had a couple others do the same thing. Like you're working with cutting edge, brand new stuff. Like for my work, yeah. it'd be the brand new boards and whatnot, where there's no CAD modeling of anything out there for these things yet. And you want to design stuff off of them after like, again, I completely stumbled into this because a, a buddy of mine needed an HVAC part, but it's like, it's opened a whole new door of, I could design so much stuff off of this and then either have you like you machine it whenever you get your machine shop going or whatever, and kind of move it around as a business model as well. So it's another yeah. S 10 stuff. Yes. So yeah. suspension still on the design phase. I got, um, my spindle metal in from, uh, Matt Mosier over at Mosier made. He's got all the okay. brackets cut and everything for me. They're actually sitting in the room behind me. I got. Two oh, so, so you're just waiting on me then. <laughs> maybe i still have some work i gotta do yeah um i had him purposely cut the brackets like a hair small because of the fact of how precision fit i need to make everything to get all the geometry right so now that i've got more tooling for my mill and lathe at home it's mainly my mill i i'm going to start like doing the final cuts on stuff and making everything exact but he well, got I, the I majority of it I done I can let you know the brackets that I make are not really brackets, but what are the uh, hub mounts plates? They, they are wheel bearing spacers. Wheel bearing spacers. The the ones yeah. that I'm making you, they're within within uh, half thou, one thou outside. That's tolerance. plenty. So they, they they're good. <laughs> they're really good. That's and, funny. and I, I set everything up with the DRO of drilling the holes and and boring out the center. And one's completely done. Awesome. I just have to find time in between my other actual schoolwork that's, to get the other one done. Fine. And they're going to be shipped Trust back to you. Trust me, I understand all the time thing. And thank you. But no, yeah, no, no I've I've got to <laughs> I've got to 
I've got to get these in and I got to like, I got to just mill out the plates and everything, just a hair to make everything ready to go. And besides for that, it's still just kind of knocking out some design stuff. And then it's going to be starting in on custom building the front control arms and everything like that. When it comes to you welding all that together, are, are you just going to like just bevel it with a angle grinder or are you, you cutting angles into it and giving, uh, giving space for a weld to drop in? The depends on what part I'm welding. So the control arms are going to get beveled. Um, I may take a stab at beveling them in the lathe. Not sure. Cause all the control arm pipes are straight. So yeah. uh, there's going to be like, even like the, like the way I'm building the control arms, I'm just following the kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. There's no bends. There's no nothing. They're literally straight. I'm able to get 50 degrees of turning. Well, for, technically it's 48 degrees of turning radius out of this truck from just like straight to one side. It'll be 48 mm -hmm. degrees. So but still, that's without fairly massive. Bend, yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's a really decent amount. You ain't going to get yeah. a normal passenger car off the, the road to be able to do close to that. The pro, the pro guys shoot for mid fifties. I'm really close. So, uh -huh. um, but yeah, and that's with completely straight, like perfect triangular control arms. There's nothing mm -hmm. like no special bending. There's no nothing. That's straight mm -hmm. control arms. Again, keep it simple, stupid. And that's the one great thing about having those 3D scans and everything is the fact that mm -hmm. I can model all that and fusion and figure out everything before I make a single cut in any kind of metal. That's really expensive anymore. That, that, that's one thing that I do. That's on my one of my next tool list to buy is is a tubing bender. Uh, I want one of those. Was it JD? JD two square. Yeah, the JD square yes. JD two. Uh, and they're yep. they're not they're pretty affordable. It's just the dyes themselves. You're spending more in dyes than you are on the uh, on the actual machine. But uh, yes. I've been that's, that and the new uh, Alpha Alpha Tig welder that came out with like a three O something. And that's okay. those two things are my next to buy list <laughs> for tooling. Yeah, my, mine mine for sure is definitely probably the Alpha Tig. Uh, mm -hmm. I might get a bender the the one company i was talking to you about for the 3d scans has a bender so i may i may pay him just to bend the tubing i need because i don't bend a lot of tubing mm -hmm. but um i would like to get into the tig welding stuff because of doing mm -hmm. like pipe cut exhaust and whatnot so yeah just like, I, the only thing the i because the, the alpha tig i have is the 201 xd i don't know it's like two years Okay. since they were made or something like this about two years old and they've already moved on to the 300 series that they got it's got like a little digital display and i don't know it's pretty cool i saw a video on it the other day but the only thing i've used it for is stick welding i haven't even used it for tig welding okay yet. i've never i haven't even cut cut the stuff and sat down and 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 i have all the consumables in the tight in the tungsten rods and the uh all the the um, everything else uh Mm -hmm. that I have for it to actually TIG weld. And I just haven't sat down and, and like, okay, I'm going to do it today. But oh, geez. I, I was yeah, going no, to, I've actually never TIG welded. But all the, uh, all the welding stuff, they oh pipeline cert and all this. And they don't do much TIG. I was like, well, that's specifically okay. what I want to do is, is automotive TIG. I want to make a pretty weld. I don't, I don't yeah. want to weld pipe together for, for no oil filled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't also I haven't even looked into like if I could get any classes around here for TIG welding or not because I've never TIG welded. I've MIG welded, mm -hmm. I've stick welded, I've never TIG welded. 
So yep. it's something I would like to get into because mainly because of the S10 project. And eventually when I get back on the Firebird is just to make those pretty welds, make everything you know, nice and shiny. And well, well like with that. automotive stuff too, I mean, you're, you're always welding thinner stuff. You're not, you can't really yeah. like stick weld an intake together. I mean, you yeah. can, but it's probably not going to be pretty. Not uh, be pretty. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it would, it's one thing I do want to get into at some point, just again, life and job and everything else. But, well, uh, I'll bring up a business topic. Okay. Um, I think I've posted, I posted this on the socials. I have, and I talked to you about it a little bit. Um, but in case anyone has not seen my stuff online or whatever, uh, I, uh, I'm still getting questions about it, but I have uh, officially dropped the Spiduino line of ECUs. So I don't plan on, I never brought them to market through twisted builds. I had a couple prototypes, uh, I did some playing with the drop bears. You played with one of the drop bears I had. Yep. Um, yep. And I played with, with two drop bears. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I sent yeah. you a second one. That's right. Or no, you got a second one. What happened there? I can't remember. Uh, I don't remember. I know I got two different versions. I know yes. I got one in a plastic case and one in a metal case. Yeah. Or the drop bear uh, was no. one of the metal cases. The, the first the one was your was own version. Was my version. Yep. And okay. I ran my version in the S10, or not S10, in the uh-huh. Firebird. But the, the problem with it is the fact of I was, I don't know, I was finding bugs. I was just finding oddball stuff. Um, and I was having some longevity issues with some of the LS sensors. A buddy mm-hmm. of mine who was on this podcast, uh, Chase Gurr, had it on his Firebird. And one morning he just decided to want to start. And that was the end of that. So, so, so longevity uh, issue with the with the sensors on the board or long, with the yeah I think it's the longevity issue of uh the crank encampment puts on the board with twelve volt okay. tolerant or like tolerating twelve volt inputs because the twenty four x is a twelve volt setup so mm-hmm. I think with a fifty eight x that's five volt I think it'd be fine but I want to have an ECU when I release an ECU through twisted builds I want to have an ECU that's going to do both. 24x and 58x and you don't have to buy a different harness mm-hmm. so you know how even like with the holly stuff you have to either buy uh, holly the micro scores are already on the market you have to buy a specific for 24x or 58x yep. you can't have yep. one setup do both so yeah and, I, and i've seen so many people get the wrong one and then i've, I've uh-huh. watched, read the forums of like oh just get the the 20 or the, the the decoder to the other one and then there's so many issues yep. with that too the conversion box or so, whatever they call it the other thing i've been working on on the amongst everything else and i've got most of it down is i've i'm building i'm still building a twisted bill z llc ecu um it is now based off the microsquirt module because under the licensing through microsquirt if you buy the Microsquirt module, you're allowed to build an ECU off that and private sell it. So anyone buying oh, an ECU, okay. you are going to be getting an ECU that is based on the Microsquirt. That's what I'm using with my ECUs. Um, however, the way I got this set up, um, you're going to be able to run... Uh, I 
you should be able to run like the Bosch 210 injectors that are like the lower impedance stuff. They're not low mm -hmm. impedance, but they're lower than the high impedance. They're like eight ohms resistance or whatever. So like a mm -hmm. low impedance injector is like two ohms. These are mm -hmm. eight ohms. And most of the micro squirt line will not run them long term because of the fact that it burns up the injector drivers. Mm -hmm. So the well, way the micro <laughs> yes. The way the microskirt module is, they break out all of those injector drivers. So I can have all my own on board that will run those injectors no problem whatsoever. Okay. So also, you can have higher current drivers uh, just yep. breadboarded onto there? Okay. Yeah. Well, not, I mean, they'll be a part of the PCB, but yes, you're, you're correct. Mm -hmm. So um, the board's going to get set up with dip switches. So like little, like kind of like little switches on the PCB board. So yep. one ECU will do both 24X and 58X motors. All you got to do is open up the case, flip. I think it's going to be two switches, same harness. So all you're going to have to do is depend the crankshaft position sensor. And because the crankshaft position sensor itself between 24X and 58X are two different connector housings, like the plastic housings, two different housings, but the mm -hmm. terminals are identical. So you could mm -hmm. depend a 24X terminal pin it into a 50x or 58x uh crankshaft um uh, connector housing and plug it right into your 58x motor and go so mm -hmm. that way if you want to use the same harness and the same ecu you're buying like a 15 dollar housing connector and um i might bump up the price a little bit include the pinning tools with a how-to okay. video how to just literally swap the connector out at the end and away you go. If, so say for instance, make, you make it easy. <laughs> uh -huh. That way, say for instance, you buy, like you buy my twisted build setup with a harness and everything. You go to town on your motor, you're a gen three, 24 X guy. You blow the motor up and you want to go with the gen four because it's got the more roast bust rods and stuff in it. Mm -hmm. Um, you'll be able to buy a, a little connector and deep. I'll have a video how to depend it, pin it up, open up the ECU harness, flip two switches, change the settings in Sooner Studio, and see ya. In, in, in my mind, I'm thinking backwards. I'm thinking that everybody's going to have a Gen 4 and then blow it up. And they're like, oh, crap, I just got a cheap Gen 3 out of the, the junkyard. That so too. I need that just to keep it running right, right now. <laughs> that too. That too. And I may even have, like, I may even sell the harnesses where you can, I mean, I'll have it to where you can option it one way or the other. And the way I'll stock mm -hmm. them is like on, on order and I'll put whatever connector you want on there for crank sensor and go. Because yeah. the, the micro squirts um, don't need cam sensor. So don't care about mm -hmm. cam drive. Don't care about the front or rear cam sensor. It's literally crank mm -hmm. and go. And the crank sensor between 24 and 58X are in the same physical location. So, um, that way they'll be able to outfit the harness originally how they want it. If they want to buy the other one to have on hand in case you want to swap motors around, they'll have that option too. And away they go. Uh, the other things that this is going to have is, um, this is the part that's driving me nuts kind of currently, and I'm still working through it. Um, you are able to buy an offboard IAC driver for the micro squirt currently. I'm okay. looking at bringing that on board onto the ECU, like onto the PCB. So it's all in one ECU mm -hmm. housing. So a micro squirt with a stepper motor IAC control for like the Gen 3 truck throttle bodies and whatnot that have the IAC stepper motor. That'll be on board mm -hmm. on the micro squirt ready or on my twist builds ECU ready to go. After some technical difficulties, we're back. 
uh, it helps when my internet decides to uh, not die on me right in the middle of recording a podcast. So, <laughs> but yes, hey, if, if anything could go wrong, it does. <laughs> hey, it happens. And we just roll up the punches and go with it. But, but yes. So I was talking about the uh, twisted builds, uh, mega squirt, micro squirt that I do plan on selling. So as I said, I'm working currently on putting IAC control on board. Um, it'll have wideband control on board, possibly two, one per bank. I haven't decided yet. Um, there's, yeah. So well, why don't we just I, go ahead and I, make I, I personally kind of want, want an individual wideband with data logging. <laughs> you know, the price on that would be crazy. Although it's crossed my mind. I have thought hey, about you, what is it? What is it like? $200 a wideband, one of those AEMs. Okay. It's like, so, so just buy eight of them and then use all the cereals into a giant USB block and then just have, have that. Dialog. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the, um, I'm trying to think the boards I use for widebands themselves, I could get eight of them for like, three hundred dollars or something like that so that's just before anything else but so you'd yeah the stuff's not cheap and that's before all the latest price updates so because everything in the world's going up so yeah yeah, the stuff's not cheap to build anymore but i heard heard a whole bunch of new uh new microchip companies are are in texas now and that they're starting back up i'm excited I would, I would love to build like when I first got into twisted builds, definitely with the, uh, simple dollar boost stuff, I was trying to make everything made in America. I wanted to do that. It, it, there was no way just the pricing of everything was crazy. So hopefully this drives the pricing down where I can get everything moved back to made in America parts. I would love to do that. But we will see. So that would be that would be an awesome thing to have. I have been working on the advanced style of boost. That's been I have one made. I've been working on debugging some code and stuff. So that's the thing coming too. We haven't had a single order for the radiator drain plug tools recently. Really? Um. Yeah. Because but, it kind of kind of flooded flooded everybody that needed one, and nobody is like that oh, was it. Yeah, I'll just Anyone, borrow his. <laughs> anyone exactly anyone listening to this podcast if you are working on uh like a, a 15 and newer 14 and newer uh ford escape and need to get access to that stupid radiator drain plug that's put 90 degrees right towards the radiator support i sell radiator drain plug tools now they're on the twisted builds website go right to twistedbuilds.com and order yourself one we have plenty of them in stock um, if you want one, I use one. Actually, I just used one today because I had to drain one down. It, it makes life so easy. You use a nice I, long. I, I still have like twenty or twenty-five blanks ready to be yep. sent out to you whenever, whenever those sell out too. So, yeah. So we we have plenty of people. So if you need to buy any, hit hit me up at twistedbills.com or look at anything else we have for sale. Um, I'm sure we are planning on eventually bringing more machining products and stuff there, but. We both have busy, I know I busy am. lives, <laughs> but, but yes, we, we are both very, very busy with our families and everything. So everyone just worked oh, with us, sure. but we are, we are coming. We're bringing it. So speaking <laughs> of which, did you see the, the, was it version two or whatever of the free valve? 
that gentleman who has oh. the, uh, the three valve Miata and he did all the Harbor Freight motors and stuff. Uh, was his new one? What? Wesley Keegan? I yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, something. Follow, something along I'd the lines of that. Him. Yeah. Yep. His, his new one's pretty awesome. So it uses the servos directly yes. connected. On, he uh, did that on a Harbor Freight motor. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I watched but, that. I watched that video today, and that's why I don't. I don't remember if I put it in the the Discord or not. You did. But, yep. But I, I thought that was pretty cool at first. I saw it, and I was just thumbing through the video, and I saw a little cylinder with with holes in the side, and he's using he's using it like a like as a ball screw to actuate yes. the valve. And yep. at first, when I saw that, I was like, "That is cool," because I thought that it was he was rotating the cylinder itself using the cutouts in the cylinder as like a valve relief yeah swinging by no. an opening or something it's, but it's yeah i ball, mean it's, like it's ball a ball or a similar ball screw yeah yeah and the that, that's on the some cool stuff i was like that that's a that's a brilliant design because i guess he was having so many issues with the pneumatic control of it all and yeah and uh, that Just made it because made it air simple. has air has <laughs> mass and mass takes time to move yeah so yeah. oh and, that, and it's a spring itself so yes so trying to get harmonic and everything yeah but yeah, having a servo set up, I, I've been following him for a while on YouTube. If anyone like is listening to this podcast, it's Wesley Keegan on, I believe it's Wesley Keegan on YouTube. And he's a, a mechanical engineer that builds all kinds of weird stuff. Uh, he had one, he was using that motor prior. He tried a plastic 3D printed piston in. It didn't work. Okay. But he's still okay so that's what that was. YouTube. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if Harbor Freight was replacing their, if yeah. they were making plastic in some he, sort of he was trying to use, he was trying to use an alcohol based fuel that burns really really cold that was underneath the melting point of that plastic. Oh, okay, okay. He, he he tried it just for the heck of it. So I mean, but he does though. all kind he does all kinds of weird stuff like that. It's awesome to watch. It's totally up my alley because that's and I would love to, if I could get a rain in on all my stuff in time i would love to get back to the smaller stuff like that like there, the, there the needs to be 50 plus hours in a day there yes. really does yes. uh yes. Spe- speaking of my engine dyno i'm i gosh i need to finish other projects too but one, of the, one of the things on my list is is to machine a new water break for my dyno because the one okay. that's currently on there is like a 200 or 250 horsepower and i thought about just buying another one and just adding to it or, or two or three in, in a daisy chain and um and and getting something that i could stick like a, a nice small block chevy with a turbo one and that it, it could hold back but i'm like i'm a machinist why can't i just go buy a chunk of aluminum copy some dimensions over and just scale it up so yeah. so that's one of my things is, is i'm hoping before next year i can i can get another a, a, a from scratch water break built that would be awesome i've also i'll be honest with you i've thought about doing the same thing for small engines I have mm-hmm. like, because again, I don't have CNC or anything, but I have this little machines. So I thought it'd be an awesome way to learn new machining ways and stuff. Even if it's manual mm-hmm. building a tiny, like a little tiny water break, because that yeah. the video, like one of the videos you found me on, which was that small engine dyno. Yeah. Like, years and years ago, years, and years ago, hindsight's yeah. 2020. And there's no way I'm going to keep rolling on that specific mm-hmm. one because it's totally inefficient. It wouldn't, it was great learning experience for me. Um, that automotive brake could probably stop an engine, like a car engine. Yeah. <laughs> it's a four piston. It's a four piston Lexus like rotor and everything. Uh, sorry. It's a, it's a Lexus rotor off 
uh, vehicle that used a four piston caliper. I don't remember what the caliper was. It doesn't matter. It's way over. It's way too much for like a five horse engine that's hooked to the thing. So have you, you thought about going going inertia wise, like an inertia dyno or an or an it, eddy current? I could break? do. I could do well. Eddy currents cross my mind because you know the whole electronic thing. Um, yeah. The um, the um, inertia dyno I've thought about with that specific one because that rotor weighs so much and it mm-hmm. may still happen. Um, but I know with mine the the one that I have two I have two flywheels on my dyno. Each one of them is four hundred and thirty eight pounds uh of of steel and it's roughly three or three and a half feet in diameter and it's probably about four or five inches thick and each one of those is rated for 75 horse so and and honestly you don't need you don't need it to be too big if you can or too too much mass if you can just make it bigger too uh so that that would just just the size of the the outside diameter of it is is where everything's going to come from so Make, making yeah. a making an inertia one would be pretty easy. That software and the, the hardware that I have, I, I got from some Australian company. I forgot the name of it. I haven't messed with your Dino forever. Yeah, yeah. I used uh, all the no, meant, all the data. The, the data is the software name is the software name your Dino. No, 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 no. That's, that's, it's, okay. uh, well, maybe I don't. I don't remember. It's something Dino, but it's it's okay. all the data acquisition and software stuff. It comes from Australia. Uh, I spent okay. almost a thousand, two thousand dollars on on all that a few years ago. Uh, but if you want to get back into it, let me know. I'll box it up and send it to you, loan it to you for six months or something like that. Or, or maybe you can fly out here and come play with mine a little bit. <laughs> I, I ought to do that at some point. I ought, to, I ought to come down and take a look and just visit with you. I'll have to happen someday once you get everything back up and going at your new your yeah. new abode away from civilization yeah it's not not too far only about only about 45 minutes away from a walmart (laughs) yeah yep yeah i I understand i would that that'd be so nice but all right i think we're gonna cut it at this point in time i gotta get to the gym tonight anyway so so we will uh we'll continue on next week we'll get some uh uh, more subjects going. We'll go from there. So, everyone listening, thank you for listening to the Twisted Builds podcast, and we'll see you next time.